You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey, welcome to Burley Church Online. So good to be able to be um, chatting with you and talking with you and sharing with you this morning. Um, Steve started off our series last week talking about hope and health, challenging us with setting a rule for life, putting rhythms or habits in place that make room and help us to abide in Jesus which in Leeds breeds fruit and joy and peace and true purpose. And I can't reiterate it enough that the little things that we fill our weeks with, the things that we spend our time, our money and that sort of thing, always have an ongoing impact into our spiritual, our mental and our physical well-being. I encourage you, if you haven't had a listen, to go back after mine today, <laughs> go on back and have a listen to Steve's sermon um, and really um, grasp, I guess, the importance of the spiritual health. Today, I'm going to start the conversation on what God wants to say and develop in our mental health, in particular on the topic of anxiety. Anxiety is the most common mental health condition in Australia. One on, on average, one in four people, one in three women, and one in five men experience anxiety at some point or stage in their life. In a 12-month period, over 2 million Australians experience anxiety. And probably over this 12-month period, it has probably grown even further during a pandemic. Now, anxiousness can be a normal feeling. In fact, on some levels, it's important to have a little bit, I guess, of that anxiety or apprehension. I'm glad at times my kids feel a little bit apprehension or anxiousness about climbing the rope tower at the playground because um, it makes them know their limits and also do it safely. While stress and anxious feelings are common in a situation or a response where we feel under pressure, they usually pass once the stress stressful situation has passed or the stressor is removed. But for some people, those anxious feelings just don't go away. They can see situations worse than they really are. Their anxious their anxiety and their ability to be able to cope just impacts on their everyday tasks. Anxiety can affect your way to concentrate, to sleep, to carry out ordinary everyday jobs at home or at school. People with anxiety disorders often feel they have to avoid situ stressful situations and in extreme cases, avoid going out altogether. Physical symptoms are quite common and as we know, it can include shortness of breath, pounding heart or trembling hands. We know that anxiety disorders can be treated and learning about them is the important first step. What scientists know is there can be a chemical aspect that is involved in a lot of mental health disorders. Low serotonin levels can impact on anxiety and these can be genetic and also it may impact leading into other symptoms. But some would state that further anxiety impacts on your serotonin levels and further makes them decrease, which in turn exacerbates your anxiety. So speaking to your GP or a health professional might be an important step for you in dealing with your mental health. But also I feel that God has some important aspects to speak in onto our feelings and our emotions that I want to speak on further today. We all know that anxiety and any mental health can be a sliding scale. 
that there are times when we feel that we might be able to deal and process our emotions on our own and feelings when times that we might need to reach out to other professionals in that area. But the hope in speaking about anxiety today within our church is it continues to bring light to the area of mental health in our society and especially in our churches. And again, breaking the stigma associated with anxiety and mental health in our community. Our mental health affects how we cope with life. Lack of understanding leads to hopelessness, sadness, worthlessness, worthlessness, feeling guilty, anxious, worry, fear, and a loss of control. Our relationships may suffer. Our performance in any situation at work or at school may be declined. Withdrawal and isolation may happen. We also lose interest in things that we once used to enjoy. It may be also difficult for us to concentrate. Mental health impacts on our whole life. And I believe God has some really powerful truths to speak into our mental health. He doesn't want just want us to live a life filled with anxiety and hopelessness. He wants us to see worth. He wants us to have joy in any situation that we have faced. Many psychologists in treating anxiety will refer to aspects of hope, hope in a greater thought being than themselves or hope in a world. This hope is something that they cling to for support, hope we can work through with our emotions. But for some psychologists, this hope is still in things that are fleeting and unstable. For us as Christians, this hope that we have in God is consistent. It's in who God is. I don't know about you, but I am so relieved that this hope in my own thoughts and my own feelings or actions are not what I'm depending on at the end of the day, that these feelings can go and and throw, but there is a consistent, there is a consistency in the hope and truth of who God is. As Christians, when faced with anxiety, the hope and truth that we have is not of ourselves, that is fleeting, or of this world where moths and rust destroy, but the hope that is in who God is. I'd love to share three aspects of God's character with you this morning that I think have a lasting impact on our mental health when we're faced in times of anxiousness, in depression, and when we're struggling with our own mental health. These three aspects remind us of who God is, this hope that we cling to in our darkest moments, when we feel overwhelmed by emotions, our feelings and our thoughts. We can cling to the hope we have in who God is, that one, he cares for us. He wants to know about our struggles, that the God we follow is good, and God is able. As I'm talking today, let me encourage you, get out a notepad or a pen, write down some scriptures, meditate on them, reflect on them this week, and just, um, yeah, process for yourself what God is trying to say to you today. The first point is that God cares and he listens. Now, if you have been a Christian for a while, the first verse that comes to mind when I'm talking about anxiety would probably be Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, we know that the verse does not stop there. 
God is just not telling us not to be anxious. He gives us more instructions on how we can achieve this, this less anxious life. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God cares. He wants to know about every situation. He wants to hear your pain. He wants to be in your suffering, your words of anguish and hopelessness, to hear about the way that you are feeling, your emotions, your anxiety, your suffering. God wants to be there for you in every situation. All we have to do is just give it over to him in prayer and petition. There was a term that presented itself when I was doing a lot of research on this area of anxiety and mental health and within our churches and our um, religion of Christianity. And it was the term that was deemed called spiritual bypass. Spiritual bypass, it is a term that describes um, to rise above and effectively deny unpleasant emotions and experiences in order to feel good, to avoid, avoid discomfort and painful truths. Spiritual bypass was coined by the late psychologist John Wellwood in 1984 to describe what he saw within a Buddhist community in which it was involved. He described it as a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. Some churches and Christian communities can use this term of spiritual bypass without even knowing it, quoting scripture to people in the wrong context and just sort of saying, well, you shouldn't be anxious. Move on from that feeling and emotion and don't deal with it or process it or give it to God. I feel that God wants to be able to be with us in that time of grieving. He doesn't want us to sidestep our emotions. He wants to be with us in those sort of times in our life. Or if you've had a listen to the Jeanette Phelan interview that Steve has done with her this week, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go and have a listen. It'd be on the Burley Church Facebook group. She talks about this concept that she uses with her clients about riding the wave, about being aware that what you are feeling in that time and moment, but knowing that this wave will too pass. There are high, time, high times and there are low times and how we reflect on where we are at and what we are feeling. But not just knowing that we're going to sit in the low times forever, that there are time that will pass and clinging to that hope that we have in who God is, that he cares and wants to know about every situation. There is no anxious thought that God does not want to know about. Will my child ever sleep? Will my child behave itself when I go to Audi? Will my children come to know God as their Lord and Saviour? Will anyone talk to me if I go to this event? Will I graduate from my course? Will I find the right one to marry? Will I be able to pay off our mortgage? Will I ever be able to see my son or daughter go down the aisle? Will I be able to continue to live a life of peace? These thoughts might come into our mind and for some of us they might just pass. For others, they might be consistently there, 
God wants to know about them. God wants to know about every thought and feeling and emotion in every situation. Do you know that 40% of the Psalms in the Bible are Psalms of lament? David is crying out to God in anguish, opening up his pain and his feelings. But in that pain and that suffering, acknowledging that God's power and plan. A quote by Song Chan Ra, who wrote a book on the language of suffering, says this, to only have a theology of celebration at the cost of the theology of suffering is incomplete. The intersection of these two threads provides the opportunity to engage in the fullness of the gospel message. Lament and praise must go in hand and hand. God wants to hear. God cares. God wants to be in every situation. All we have to do is hand it over to him and trust in who he is. Point two is that God is good. God encourages us in the scripture of Matthew, in Matthew 6, 25 to 26, and it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is your life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In these verses, Jesus seems to indicate Christians shouldn't be anxious about what they'll wear or eat or drink. He mentioned how God takes care of even the birds in the air. And if so, are not humans more greater than birds and animals? How much more will he pay attention to the needs of his people? God can be trusted to hear us when we speak to him, to listen. We know that God is good. He will not turn our insecurities, our anxious thoughts or anything against us. He will provide what we need. It may be not what we think we need, but he will provide what he thinks that we need. In Matthew 28, Jesus tells us, come to him with our burdens that make us weary and he will give us rest. This seems to indicate that believers should come to God with whatever apprehension. He will exchange our loads for peace. He won't give us more stress. He is a God that is good. In 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter encourages Christians to cast their care onto him because God cares for them. This might mean giving all of your worries over to God and knowing that he'll work out all things for his good. God provides and no strings attached. With a gentle, loving heart, he listens. He doesn't want you to be anxious. He wants to show you he cares and he actually turns up. Jesus turned up in the storm, in death, with outcasts in society, in their sorrow. Throughout all of the Gospels, we can see in Jesus' life, he turned up. He was good. God is reliable. If I sent my husband to Audi to buy my favourite yoghurt, I would be a little bit anxious that he would get the right one. 
the creamy, delicious, full of flavor one with the blue label. The reason is I'd be anxious is that he doesn't eat it. He doesn't know how good the brand is. And at times my husband has got distracted in Audi. Who doesn't get distracted by the middle aisle of exciting things that they sell? But God does not. He doesn't just forget. He knows what we want. He knows what is best for us. He might not give us the yogurt as it might upset our bellies, but he knows and he's good. God is not the parent that forgets you at school pickup. He is not the angry, abusive partner that makes someone anxious about coming home. He is not the friend that knows all of your secrets and uses them against you or puts you down. God is not the boss that continues to keep picking at your faults. We don't have to be anxious. We can have hope in God and who he is, that he turns up and is a good God. The third point that I want to share with you today is that God is able. The hope we have in who God is, he cares for us. He wants to know what we are going through and walk with us. He is good and he is able. As a social worker working within the hospital, I feel honoured to be able to journey with people in their pain and in their suffering and building their relationships built on support and care At times I feel like I have a good heart. I really want what's best for them but constantly feel at times that I am just not able, able to provide for their every need. I see so much pain and hurt that people are dealing with with the loss of a child and I can't bring babies back to life. I can't heal them of their physical or emotional needs. I can't even meet their every needs of the families, whether it's practically or financially. At times I would try. But as humans, we're not able to meet everyone's needs. I get tired. I become emotionally drained at times. But how good that we follow a God that is able. In Ephesians 3.20 it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we have asked or imagined, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. As Steve spoke about last week of a rule for life, what are the rhythms and the things that we are putting in our life, the regular patterns that remind us of who God is, that God is good, that God cares, and that God is able. Are we going to him with every situation that we are facing? Are we giving him everything, being aware of what we are thinking and feeling in that moment in time? How often do you acknowledge who God is? is that he is walking beside you and how often do we cling to the control seat of our own lives not trusting that God is able 
Can I leave you with a practical way that I have tried to implement better practice and prioritize in this area within my rule for life? In my bedroom, I've created what I call like a prayer scripture board. Um, It's just a small little pin board that I have. And using it, I've just put paper underneath with a pen. And as I get a text from a friend that says, pray for me about this, or I have a thought or a feeling or a worry or an anxious heart, I write it down and put it on this board. I keep it there and it's a central place that I walk past probably 10, 20 times a day. And every time I do, I think about that prayer and that that scripture or whatever is written on that board and give it over to God. This prayer board helps me deal with my emotions and my feelings and my mental health in a practical way as I try to give things constantly over to him. Now let me ask you, what is the practical way for you? What things are you going to implement in your life, rhythms or practices that continue to remind you of who God is? The habits and rhythms that we choose to fill our life in will have an ongoing impact on our mental health and the hope that we have in God. But if we put rhythms in place that remind us of who God is, that he cares, that he is good, and that he is able, we will be left in the dark times clinging to that hope that we have in God. If we're walking with him in the light, it is easier to trust him in the dark. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you don't want to leave us in darkness. You don't want to leave us in our own thoughts and anguish and pain and suffering, God. The anxiety that could overwhelm our lives. But Lord, you give us a hope, a hope in who you are to cling to in those times, Lord. I just hope that every single one that is listening to this sermon this morning or today is reminded that you love them, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, to see them flourish in you. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us online today at Burley Church. Go and have a listen to some of the other podcasts or things that we've got um, in the list if you're just new in joining us. Thanks.